Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome to another edition of the show. Basically, I am re-recording the episode because after, of course, you do the initial recording, more NBA news break. So uh, I'm going to have to rework my initial thesis, but it doesn't really change all that much. It just confirmed what I always knew. So uh, the news that broke is that Gordon Hayward has signed a deal with uh, uh, the uh, Jesus, it's like they've gone through so many names. I was going to say Charlotte Bobcats, but uh, 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 actually it is it is the Bobcats, man. Uh, they, they keep going through different names. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, Gordon Hayward signs the deal with Charlotte. Uh, uh, four years, $120 million of completely getting overpaid. Uh, you know, the, the, the joke of all of this is, is that, you know, I'm seeing stories of Celtics fans getting pissed off that Gordon Hayward left and the Celtics didn't get anything for him. The thing with NBA that people keep getting hung up on is, oh, a guy's leaving a free agency. We got to do a sign and trade deal, at least to get something of value for him. In the NBA, all you're doing is matching up salaries. So if you're trading a dude just to get uh, players back in return, those players actually have to measure up. Now, the story was that Gordon Hayward uh, was trying to uh, was trying to get um, make a couple of deals. He was pressuring the Celtics because he was uh, angling. And this was why I was hoping I was hoping the Knicks were being used as leverage because Gordon Hayward in New York would have been an unmitigated disaster. And I got to talk and I still got to uh, re uh I'll re-air what I had originally recorded on the Knicks because the the goodwill talk going on with the Knicks, I don't understand unless it's part of the conspiracy theory that the NBA is very much worried about their ratings coming into this upcoming year with uh, the pandemic and, you know, uh, uh, just tons of folks having to, uh, uh, like, cut cable uh, from their bills and doing all sorts of things. So I, I get why the NBA and ESPN and all the other groups are very much worried about ratings for uh, the upcoming season. In addition to managing a, uh, managing a season with the pandemic because they don't have the luxury of the NBA bubble anymore. I get all that. So I'm going to get to that in a bit. But to the point that I was making about the Celtics, the fact that Gordon Hayward leaves does not mean the Celtics can't do anything. 
the fact that Gordon Hayward, the talk was that the Celtics were trying to work out a sign and trade uh, with the Pacers and Danny Ainge was hung up on getting Victor Oladipo included in the deal because the Pacers were only going to offer, uh, they were only going to offer um, uh, uh, Miles Turner and Doug McDermott. I, I mean, that's basically peanuts. And look, for those of you who are trying to upsell me on Miles Turner, uh, you know, I saw Miles Turner get abused repeatedly by Bam Adebayo. So uh, to me, like uh, Miles Turner gives you nothing different, if not worse, production than what you were going to get out of Aaron Baines if you had decided to keep Aaron Baines. And it looks like Aaron Baines was on his way out. So to me, that bringing in Miles Turner doesn't do you any lick of good in terms of uh, player production. So I, I don't get why Celtics fans are getting pissed off. There are guys on the free agency market that are going to be available and with uh, not having Hayward's contract on the books, there's still going to be guys uh, to be had. I, I mean, the, the the question becomes, uh, you know, what uh, what uh, what uh, what uh, interior players the Celtics can get, and basically, you know, they're probably going to be. Uh, I I would be shocked if they're not. If the Celtics aren't in the. Uh, Serge Ibaka sweepstakes and Tristan Thompson. I, I, I'd be shocked if if, if that's uh, uh, not part of the game plan. Now, uh, the, the the news of why uh, the Clippers would be in play with Serge Ibaka is the fact that everyone got played by Clutch Sports because Clutch basically had under the radar uh, negotiated deal with the Lakers because everyone assumed Dwight Howard was coming back to the Lakers. Dwight even tweeted out that he was coming back to the Lakers, only to find out that the Lakers never made a formal offer. Why? Because Clutch, uh, the the agency group uh, that's managing a number of these athletes, uh, and again, this is a story for another day about how the NBA operates, but all these deals being worked in the back rooms by these agencies and the clubs, because we got to talk about the, the, the nonsense that went down with Bogdan Bogdanovich and the Milwaukee Bucks. But we're going to talk about that as well. Again, that was part of the previous recording. But the bottom line is that uh, Montrez Harold, the sixth man of the year for the Clippers, is just slotting over to the Lakers. The Lakers are so much stronger now, depth-wise, because of that signing. Because now you have a legitimate starter at center. You always had question marks about Dwight and JaVale McGee. Like, Dwight played beyond what anyone could have anticipated and held up health-wise, which is a big question mark for Dwight, by the way, at this stage of his career. Uh, that that was like uh, the Lakers got so much utility out of Dwight then they, they absolutely had any right to. Trez is so much a better fit for the Lakers with his athleticism and ability to move around the court. His biggest issue is not being able to finish around the rim and, and not being a great rim protector. I'm sorry, who else is on the Lakers? Anthony Davis. Like, Anthony Davis erases all of the liabilities that you have with Harrell by being in the paint defensively, and he makes up for it by being a good perimeter defender. Again, the, the Harrell signing makes so much sense, it screws over the Clippers. Like, the Clippers are done. 
you know, the the whole master stroke of Kawhi Leonard is blowing up in his face. And to be honest, somewhere Greg Popovich is laughing. Like I like this Greg Popovich has to be laughing somewhere because now Kawhi finds himself on a weaker team with the Clippers than he would have been if he had just stayed in San Antonio from the outset, gotten more money with the, uh, the, the Spurs by far, like the marketing deal that Kawhi is getting with Adidas. Yeah. He put out some commercials, this, that, and the other pandemic hit shut down everything. This is looking, I don't care. However, Kawhi's people want to try to spin this. This is turning out to be one of the most blah. Like, I'm sorry. It it is turning out to be from a public relations standpoint and a monetary standpoint. This is turning out to be an unmitigated disaster because they can say whatever they want and blame it on the pandemic. But Kawhi Leonard is not moving the needle from a shoe sales standpoint. It's not looking good. Like two years into this deal, it ain't looking good. So the fact that the Lakers have now gotten stronger and basically the best case for the scenario for the Clippers is that they sign Serge Ibaka, who's not nearly the player Harrell is, and they're going to be competing with the Celtics for Ibaka. I'm sorry. This is not good. It's just not good. So, you know, it's... uh, it's a very uh, it's a very bad situation for most NBA teams. The Lakers got stronger because the other player signing that I'm not even, I haven't even gotten to yet is Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews, you know, one of the most underrated three and D players in the entire league. You, no one's ever going to talk up Wes Matthews, but in terms of value and what they weren't getting out of uh, what they weren't getting out of Danny Green. Wesley Matthews is going to be able to provide that. Like, uh, you know, uh, even with his his age being up there, because uh, I think he's either 33 or 34 years old, uh, Wesley Matthews is going to, everyone's going to be talking up Dennis Schroeder. And uh, again, the trade the Lakers were able to pull off for Schroeder, giving up nothing, essentially, except Danny Creed. <laughs> like, uh, they got picks. They got picks. <laughs> And we're able to get rid of Danny Green. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, oh man, like all they had to do was g- give up Danny Green and picks t- to get Dennis Schroeder. Everyone's going to talk up Dennis Schroeder without question. They, they should. But Wesley Matthews is actually going to probably give more lift to the Lakers than uh, Dennis Schroeder is. Schroeder basically comes in as the re- uh, younger replacement for Rajon Rondo because Rondo, you know, he got another title ring. You know, he's going to be in demand. uh, uh, It looks like it's going to be the Hawks. You know, more credit to playoff Rondo. He ain't going to be playing the playoffs with Atlanta. I mean, well, technically, the East is bad enough that Atlanta could make a playoff run. I I shouldn't say that. I mean, I guess that's why they were in the Gordon Hayward sweepstakes. But to me, Gordon Hayward was not going to be the uh, end-all, be-all on whether or not they made the playoffs or not. But be that as it may. You know, the Lakers are that much stronger with Schroeder, Matthews, and now Harrell compared to the guys who left in Rondo, Dwight, and Danny Green. They are better now. They're better. I, I, I And the teams around them got worse. 
Uh, th- like, this is a terrible offseason for anyone that hates the Lakers with a passion. Without question. With a passion, all those teams lost. So Lakers fans, yeah, they, they get they get the style on everybody else because it, it's not even close. The, the the Lakers are that much better than uh in terms of the in terms of the offseason moves, they are in far better position. Now, if James Harden can somehow force his way to Brooklyn, I'm sure everyone's gonna say the Nets won free agency, and I will laugh at that because the idea of James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant trying to share the ball without killing each other and sniping at each other with uh uh passive aggressive uh memes and uh another another uh, another <laughs> another uh, uh social media posts I'm going to I'm going to eat that up. Now, with that being said, James Harden I'd be shocked if he goes anywhere because Tillman Fertitta is not the kind of dude you give the middle finger to which Harden did with 2 years left on his contract. I mean, yes, there's there's a there's a potential that Harden gets treated as a sunk cost, but I could more than likely see a situation where they force uh, Harden to stay there for the entire year and, and just be miserable before they even allow for him to get moved. I I am not even remotely sold on the possibility of uh, James Harden going anywhere. So with that being said. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's get back into my uh, thoughts on the NBA draft, because, uh, th- there was a lot of talk here about things that went on. Uh, you know, Anthony Edwards went number one overall, uh, out of Georgia, uh, you know, people, uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, people thought it might've been Lonzo, uh, uh, LaMelo ball. Uh, I never really thought LaMelo was going to go number one. And you can even tell that LeVar Ball was upset that his son didn't go number one uh, because he really wanted he really wanted to brag that he had a, a a son that went number one overall. Remember, Lonzo went number two overall to the Lakers, which again, Magic has been lambasted more times than I can count at this point for that pick. I still don't think that was necessarily Magic's fault. I I just think that in terms of and this is my take on the ball family in general. Incredible skill sets that they were able to develop. None of them can shoot. They all have weird looking jump shots. Doesn't make any sense. You can't replicate uh, uh, efficiency with those jump shots. So to me, until they develop more consistent offensive games, they're always going to be limited. So uh, I, I think... You know, LaMelo going three, you know, to the Hornets and and Michael Jordan, you know, again, Gordon Hayward, uh, LaMelo, this is supposed to be part of the core rebuild after Kemba Walker left. I I just, I don't see it. I don't see Charlotte becoming anywhere close to being relevant in the Eastern Conference. I just don't see it. Maybe the maybe I'll I'll just have egg on my face, but at the end of the day, I don't see Charlotte going anywhere. I, I see this more as another case of also Rance trying to make a splash, and it doesn't go anywhere. That's why I was afraid of the Knicks trying to get Gordon Hayward because Gordon Hayward, you know, by all accounts, you know, had a nice little run in Utah, 
unfortunately had basically what amounted to a career-ending injury in Boston. I'm, you know, I'm happy that he was still able to recover after that injury with the, uh, 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 dis- uh, I mean, basically, it was a op- uh, dislocated ankle fracture uh, that was exposed. Uh, you know, it, again, never watched that video ever. This of a displaced ankle fracture. It is horrific. But I thought his career was over. My, a lot of people were uh, of that opinion. We've seen more guys and like this is why you're. Uh, it, it was even more frightening than Dak Prescott's injury because in basketball, you're jumping all the time. In football, you don't have that uh, you don't have that uh, risk of exposure the way you would in basketball. So it was a lot more fearful of a recovery for Gordon Hayward and Dak and uh, Dak Prescott. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, Hayward, like, put in the work and made it come back. But... By that time, the Celtics team had evolved without him. So, again, I I just, my fear with certain players is at a certain point, you are what you are. Like, Gordon Hayward works at a system where it's an isolation-based system, and uh, he can be the featured guy. In Charlotte, I'm I'm not entirely sure that that's going to be the uh, case. Devontae Graham is a baller. Like uh, they they have guys that can create their own offense. I mean, uh, Terry Rozier was not a Gordon Hayward fan in Boston. He made that <laughs> that point very openly clear at various points of the season of how Gordon Hayward was was uh, forced into the offense in his opinion. So I'm very curious to see how he's going to react to being teammates with Gordon Hayward again. Like I said, there there's a lot of things going on where there's a lot of happy talk uh, coming um, from uh, different teams. But um, l- let me talk about the teams that I really felt good about. And it, it does not include the Knicks. Uh, Sacramento Kings. I, even though they completely butchered the Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I got to talk about this. Actually, let me back up a second. The Kings and the Milwaukee Bucks pulled off something I had never seen before. A complete butchering of a sign and trade where the core aspect was in a sign and trade, the player actually has to agree to be traded first. I don't understand how this happens because you have Bogdan Bogdanovich who's going to be, well, he already, he is now a, a, a restricted free agent. He entered restricted free agency. But the deal was, after uh, Milwaukee gave up all their picks in a insane trade uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, because essentially the Milwaukee Bucks gave up five draft picks. They gave up three first-rounders, but they also gave up the swaps, too. So, essentially, they gave up five draft picks. It was the same trade that the Lakers made for Anthony Davis. Only, instead of getting Anthony Davis, the Milwaukee Bucks got Drew Holiday. And I'm supposed to be sold on Drew Holiday being this much of an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe that it's worth five draft picks. Which is pretty much the haul that the the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis. And, and the media tried to upsell this as Milwaukee being a big three. I, I, 
I, I don't understand this. Because Drew Holiday by himself is not the outside shooter Milwaukee needs to open up the court for Giannis. So, with that being said, Milwaukee needed an outside shooter. And that was supposed to be Bogdan Bogdanovich. They, apparently, they had this deal worked out with the Kings for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Except when the time came to, you know, sign the contract and execute the trade, Bogdan's like, whoa, hold on. I don't want to go to Milwaukee. And what do you do at that point? Because it's it's over. You already made the trade for Drew Holiday. There's nothing left to sweeten the pot to make the trade work. And the player doesn't want to go there. The deal's off and you're screwed. Because now Milwaukee doesn't have an outside shooter. They didn't rework the trade with, uh, they can't rework the trade with the Pelicans to get J.J. Redick in there. The, the Milwaukee Bucks literally screwed themselves by jumping the gun on the Drew Holiday trade. It, it's unconscionable that there was no plan B in case the signing trade didn't work. You have to at least get confirmation that the signing trade is good in order to make the Drew Holiday trade. They jumped the gun by making a trade for Drew Holiday. I, Giannis is gone. Unless Giannis is the most stubborn guy uh, in the world, and I, I, people can like make up all, all all the stereotypes about Greek freak, and he's his own man's man. This, this is this is going beyond just being your own man's man. This is like the point of insanity. Giannis Antetokounmpo cannot stay in Milwaukee with the roster as presently constructed if they don't make it to the NBA Finals next year. And I don't see them making it to the out of the East next year. They have the exact same flaws as they do now. They just have less roster depth, so they're going to be playing more minutes out of Giannis, and come playoff time, he's going to be tired. Because now they don't even have the roster depth because they traded all their players to get Drew Holiday and their draft picks. I I I I I have to laugh. I gotta laugh. It, like basically, they don't have any outside shooting, and all they have left in terms of roster flexibility is signing min minimum veterans, minimum contract players, and teams are gonna want to go to the Lakers instead or the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers could still attract people. It's not as attractive, but it, it, it it's just there's no way that you could even suggest, even suggest for a second that Milwaukee is a prime destination. It's an embarrassment. Like, if anything, now Milwaukee is left to grovel at Carmelo Anthony as an option. Carmelo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to laugh. I gotta laugh because the most basic thing of a signing trade is making sure that the guy you're trading for wants to come there. Like, that's literally step one. Making sure that there's buy-in. You can work out the contractual details afterwards, but you have to make sure the guy wants to come first. I... I I, I give up. I give up. All right. Uh, yeah, so the reason why I, I also wanted to go into 
and, and this will go back into my previously recorded version for the Knicks uh, rant is, uh, you know, the Kings, despite botching a sign and trade, actually made the, the player selection that I wanted the Knicks to make and in get and get and getting uh um basically they ended up making the draft selection for Tyrese Halliburton uh the uh, point guard out of Iowa State which was the player the Knicks should have taken by far the Knicks should have taken Halliburton uh but the reason why is that the Knicks have so many forwards that actually signing yet another forward is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. The Knicks signed Obi Toppin. Uh, they picked Obi Toppin at number eight. A power forward out of Dayton, who's uh, one of the players of the year in college basketball, even though it was an abbreviated season. But you bring in a forward who can't shoot, plays no defense, on a roster full of forwards who have no outside shooting, and barely play any defense, and you have no point guard. No true point guard because Frank Nilakina has shown that he's not an actual NBA starting point guard. I don't understand the Knicks, and I don't understand people who could actually say the Knicks actually had a good draft because the Knicks still don't have outside shooting, and they don't, still don't have a point guard. So how on earth could the Knicks have had a good draft? There's nothing about what the Knicks did that makes any sense. The only reason why... People want to say that the Knicks have turned the corner is because you can't say that with the new uh, regime with Leon Rose and Scott Perry uh, technically being in charge uh, that you you want to denigrate uh, one the biggest media uh, uh, franchise in the NBA. But the Knicks are a joke right now. And it's not getting any better in the short-term future. So... You know, I'm just going to say it. The Knicks had a bust of a draft, and it's going to be another failure of free agency because no one wants to come here. I'm sorry. That's the bottom line. So uh, we're going to uh, we're going to switch it back over to the previous conversation uh, I had uh, uh, with my pops on this one because we, we, we kind of talked about it at length uh, in, in greater detail. But, uh, it, I mean, it is just an utter utter mess of how NBA free agency has gone so far because the haves just got stronger and the have nots, you know, showed once again, why they're not ready for the big time. So that's all for now. Uh, uh, let's do the combo and, uh, I will see you guys next time, uh, for, uh, the NFL, uh, recap. Cause we got a lot to talk about NFL wise, uh, uh, coming up, uh, shortly. So, uh, sticker, uh, stick around for the next episode covering that. And uh, so listen in uh, for the Calvo and uh, until next time, folks. So, so Callie, like just walking this one back, like the Knicks draft topping, who again had great numbers in college. Like there's no doubt that like uh, he had great numbers in college, but the thing to remember at Dayton that Toppin had him at the advantage of, he was two or three years older than most of the players he was going up against. And he was a late bloomer, but he was a late bloomer, but he's old. Like he's a, so he's already 
He's already 22 going into 23 by the time the season eventually starts. He's not a stretch three. He's 6'9". He's a power forward. Okay, he's a power forward. Doesn't shoot well. Doesn't play any defense. So, basically, we got a four that can't play five because he can't play any defense. He's not good in the post. You... You basically need him to not get abused in the post. So you're going to put him out on the three-point line where he still can't guard anyone. He's a complete liability defensively. And then on the offensive end, he can't shoot. The only place he can play is in open court basketball. But the Knicks aren't in good in open court because they don't defend well enough to create transition opportunities. And they don't have a point guard. So basically, it's RJ Barrett on ISO plays, try to create for himself and maybe some other people. Toppin is basically going to be clogging up the middle along with Randall. Like, you have so many forwards on this Knicks team that the draft pick makes zero sense when the pick should have been Halliburton. Because at least Halliburton would give you a legitimate point guard. But that's the problem. The the Knicks don't operate in a place of logic. And then that's what I don't that's what I don't understand. Why weren't they looking for a point guard? Either in the draft or in free agent? It's a million dollar question because the the, the, the thought the thought The thought process was maybe the Knicks were trying to angle for the Chris Paul trade. Which I did not want any piece of because my whole argument with Chris Paul was the reason why Chris Paul played so well last year was because Chris Paul had no intention of ever getting traded out of Houston, got blindsided by that trade, dumped in, uh, dumped in the middle of Oklahoma City where everyone basically thought his career was going to die there. And Chris Paul, like uh, to a man, basically said to himself, Hell no, you guys aren't going to bury my career out here to die and let me like just languish here. I'm going to play myself out and get somewhere where I want to be at. And that's what he did. He played above expectation. But if you were expecting Chris Paul to put up those kind of results uh, uh, the next two, three years, I got a bridge to sell you. Because Chris Paul was playing angry because he got dealt to a place he had no idea he, he could possibly get dealt to after signing a contract extension. And it was a place he had no, uh, he had no desire to play in again. He had no, he had no desire to play in Oklahoma city again. So he was playing to get himself out of Oklahoma city rather than, Oh, I'm playing to, to demonstrate. That I'm still a top player in the league. No, he was playing to get the hell out of there. Uh, Chris Paul, Chris Paul is old now, you know, uh, how are you going to be telling me you're building a team and you're going to be bringing Chris Paul? You know? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's madness. Yeah, it's but, madness. But, but, that, but that goes back to how ridiculous the Gordon Hayward talks are. Because, again, you have too many forwards as is on that team. There is no spacing on the Knicks roster as we speak right now. No spacing whatsoever. Like, you got a bunch of guys that are stuck there that are not going to be able to do anything. 
And the, and the truth of the matter is, is that you've got, I mean, you got a make or break year for Kevin Knox, who is already gonna be is already a bust in my opinion, but it's a make or break year for him. Hey, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, make or break. You know, it's it's a fucking break because were you expecting him? You know, that pick I oh I I had rather get taken Fox, and they took Knox, and you know. I, but anyway, forget it. But because I think I think he's a bust. I think he's a bust. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's a bust. I'm pretty sure he's a bust. Has he, has he shown you anything? No. Yeah, yeah, sir. He he has shown no improvement in none of the years that he's been there. None. And and and, and the best part about the talk of bringing Gordon Hayward is you basically have a lineup where it's cuz technically you're still paying Dennis Smith Jr. You still got you, you still got RJ Barrett, you got Mo Harkless. Then you have a bunch of guys who clog up the middle because you got Randall Mitchell Robinson and you bring in uh, uh you you bring in top into the mix. Uh none of those guys can shoot. They all they do is clog up the middle. And Gordon Hayward is somehow going to open up the paint. Like I, I don't understand how anyone with a straight face could say that the Knicks had a good draft. I, I don't understand how the me- media coverage is working because, uh, it, like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So, I, you know, uh, like the the free agency period is 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 uh, is going on. So. I mean, some some of these other scrubs like are are, are going by the wayside. So like, uh, Mo Harkless was like at the throwaway trade. So uh, he was going over to the Heat. So it's like, you know, there 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 are guys who are not going to be on the Knicks roster next year, obviously. But you have a bunch of dead cap space with the Knicks that would be used to try to make trades, but no one wants to come here. No one wants to come here. Like the the Bucks just had a failed sign and trade with Bogdan Bogdanovich, which hell I I mean I, I I'm not saying Bogdan Bogdanovich is any any special player, but technically he's actually one of those kind of players that the Knicks actually need a shooter that can actually open up the court. Uh, you know you need a point guard, but you actually need guys who can actually shoot. The Knicks have no outside shooting, and yes. And the thing is, I know people say like Gordon Hayward's this great outside shooter. Yeah. But again, it's not like he's a sniper or anything. And again, with the amount of money you would be paying Gordon Hayward, he ain't Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson's out injured. But Gordon Hay like to get the money that Gordon Hayward's looking for, you need to be like you need to be A either the best scorer or a combination of, Oh, I can score, but I can play some defense too. I can create and uh, and do the little things that ain't Gordon Hayward's game. He's a nice player, but he ain't a great player. And that's the problem. Like uh, all uh, he's looking for max deal money and he ain't a max player. And in order for the Knicks to get him, they would have to give him max money. And 
No, the Knicks have been down this road way too many times. But the problem I have with, with the Gordon River thing, what's the big splash he did he, he made in Boston? He never was a difference maker. He wasn't a difference maker on that team. It was a failed it was a failed experiment. I thought it was a worthwhile experiment given that Hayward's connection with Brad Stevens, given that uh, the way the roster for the Celtics was constructed originally, because remember when Gordon Hayward was was brought in, uh, that team was built around Isaiah Thomas, who is a slashing scoring type of guard, but not a great shooter. But you bring in Gordon Hayward to be the outside shooter uh, can still create some shots off the dribble. It made sense. The Celtics evolved beyond that to be a team around Jason Tatum being able to create his own shot, do the things off the dribble, basically doing all the things that they were looking for out of Gordon Hayward. Jason Tatum already took care of that. And then you bring in Jalen Brown and you, and you see Marcus Smart develop. The Celtics evolved as a roster to the point where Gordon Hayward was a redundancy. That that was the that was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But, but like you said, Gordon Hayward did the Celtics a favor. Yeah. You know? He basically did the Celtics a favor by 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 opting out. And he had to. Because he would have ended up playing next year and the Celtics not giving him a contract because why would we? Or if he gets a contract, he'd get a contract with such a big baker that he wouldn't take it. You know? So, yeah, opting out is a smart thing for him. And make him look available to, to some stupid team like the next. Because when you look at it, who are the teams interested in Gordon Hayward? The Knicks and the Hawks. You see any contenders coming out of that? Two teams that 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 has been stumbling along and playing no place. I I mean it. It's just it's so aggravating hearing the disingenuous talk about the Knicks draft. And then, oh, the Knicks are trying to make moves here. The Knicks are trying to bring in Gordon Hayward. What is, what is <laughs> I like? I'm struggling to see what the, the the master plan is from Leon Rose is with the Knicks because this is the same old nonsense the Knicks have been used to doing. Like this is not new for the Knicks. This is the same nonsense. So to me, like when people are talking about the Knicks draft. The way I interpret it is, it's not that the Knicks had a good draft. It's just that NBA ratings as a whole, again, with the pandemic and everything else going on, where, you know, there are real-life problems going on in the world beyond the world of sports, and people have to make other decisions that, you know, are impacted, and it's taking its toll on sports. The sports world needs to jit up as much interest as humanly possible. And so for a major media market like New York, talking up the Knicks, I get it. I get I get why you're talking up the Knicks and not mocking them because you're trying to make it as interesting as possible. The problem is the, the narrative 
does not jive with what is actually on paper. It doesn't jive. It's it, it's it's disingenuous at best because I'm looking at this and I'm saying this this is this is a bunch of crap here. <laughs> like it, like you're trying to sell me on a bill of goods here, and it ain't and it ain't it ain't measuring up. So it's like I I see the Knicks getting a positive PR campaign as man. They are really trying hard to upsell the top uh, the top media markets in in, in, uh, in the country because right now uh, if you're if you're Milwaukee like people are trying to upsell uh, the trade Milwaukee did to get Drew Holiday and I'm saying to myself Milwaukee maybe got slightly better but did not improve on anything that was their glaring issues in the playoffs this year. So I don't know how you can actually argue that Milwaukee got better significantly. Well, that, what you said is what I said. This still haven't addressed their failure for the past two playoffs. They're going to go, they're going to look good in the regular season and they're going to go, unless through holiday just go crazy come playoff time you know that's not his game that's not his game like the the issue and again the issue i had with the bucks was the drew holiday trade you gave up a bunch of draft picks to only marginally improve your team realistically i would have made that deal with bradley beal like to to be honest if, if, if we're being real with ourselves here, if you make that deal for Bradley Beal instead of Drew Holiday, God bless. I give you, I give you all the credit in the world. If you make that deal for Bradley Beal instead of Drew Holiday, and you get a outside shooter and score like Bradley Beal to open up the court for Giannis, yeah. I I give you gold star rubber stamp it. Yeah, the Bucks are for real now. We're good. I'm sorry, Drew Holiday is not is not that caliber. Like he's a very good player, but like you gave the Anthony Davis trade and didn't address the glaring issue on your team to, to actually make the improvements. Like Bradley Beal, even though he's not in Anthony Davis camp. He addresses the need of outside shooting when you clog up the middle against Giannis. That is enough to make that kind of trade. Drew Holiday ain't that guy. He's not that sniper. Well, maybe maybe they're gonna surprise us, and Giannis is gonna develop that little jump hook or or, or something in the middle when they close. Well, well, well that th- that has to happen regardless. That actually has to happen regardless. But the but but the, but the, but the thing of it is is that uh, you know when they made the when they made that trade for Holiday I was like scratch my head and then the news broke about Bogdan Bogdanovich and I'm like okay the signing trade with the Kings to bring in uh, Bogdanovich okay you know what that at least gives them the outside shooter the shooter yeah but you know they botched that with the Kings you know no one knows exactly who did. Who botched it the most? But at the end of the day, it's a botch. It's a complete botch. Now they have to move on, and they don't have a plan B. That's the problem. You made the commit. You you allocated all the resources into the holiday trade, still not addressing 
the biggest flaw on your roster. Like, to me, that's in- unconscionable. But I'm sorry. Like, th- there's no way that could happen. I, 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 and, and the thing of it is, is that the way I look at it, you made a trade for Drew Holiday. How, like, I don't know. I don't care how much you need to make the math work. J.J. Reddick's got to come back in that trade. I'm sorry. Like, bottom line, figure out how to make the math work. But if you were going to put all your chips in that one basket to bring in Drew Holiday, J.J. Reddick's got to come back in that trade, too. Like, you have to address the outside shooting if you're the Bucks. You gave up three first-round picks and, a, and swaps. The... The lack of foresight is just stunning because now it, it now you've given up all the draft picks. You still don't have outside shooting. You are in trouble. Maybe they know Giannis is, is, is working on that shot. Because, and the stupid thing about it is teams play them one way in the regular season and then come to the playoffs. They, they do that collapse shit, and, and he's not as effective. He was a little better this year, a little better, but still not the force that they need him to be because they're not getting the scoring from other places. So, yeah, they didn't lose as bad this year, but they, they still lost, you know? Yeah. And you could see it from game two that, hey, this is going to go the same way that it went last year. Because the Heat can smell it, and the Heat beat them two straight games just before the playoffs, trying out that shit. And they still had no answer for it in the playoffs. You know? Yeah, so I thought they would have addressed that, but I they, they didn't. You know? And like I said... I, I don't I don't live with Giannis, so I don't know what he's working on in the offseason, but uh, last year he didn't look any better than the year before. When, when, when he got clogged up in the middle, he still, he still is trying to, to dribble and make that step, and everybody knows where he's going. You know? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I just looked at how some of these teams were operating. I'm just saying to myself, you know, I'm not saying I have a crystal ball and know how it's all going to play out. But you tell me how you're operating the league where the Lakers just won the title. You know there are a bunch of players that are going to try to bandwagon jump with LeBron and sign. So, I mean, obviously Montrez Harrell uh, j- jumps from the Clippers to just sign with LeBron because he he's just looking for that ring. Uh you know, you you get you got you got a uh, West Matthews si- signing for the Lakers for the minimum, trying to chase that ring. You tell me, you know, with a healthy Anthony Davis now confident that he can win a title, because it was always the mental part with Anthony Davis. How the Lakers aren't the favorite again? Because to me, they rounded out the roster with guys chasing after the ring. And Anthony Davis now actually has the confidence to become the number one player on that team. LeBron doesn't actually have to be the number one anymore because now Anthony Davis has the confidence to take the reins on the team. You tell me where the Lakers aren't the favorite. 
I'm actually surprised that Dwight Howard left because it's not like he's getting a ton of money. L- listen, Callie, Callie, Callie. Let, let, let's uh, let, let, let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest. Uh, let, let, we're going to be honest with ourselves here. Dwight Howard's not exactly the brightest bulb in the closet. I, this is the only thing I said. Really not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Because I, I, I could understand if he said, I got my ring. Uh, you know, I'm at the end of my thing. Let me, let me go get some money. You know. No, he didn't. Get, he didn't get that. And, and, and I'll tell you one other thing. There, 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 there are two. There are two things. Dwight's not the brightest bulb in the closet. And two, with the amount of drama caused in the bubble with Dwight talking about shutting down the season entirely, you know that pissed off LeBron. LeBron won't say it publicly. <clears throat> you know LeBron won't say it publicly. But you know that fucking pissed off LeBron. You know that absolutely pissed off LeBron. Mm. Uh, yeah, it could be a point. So you, you think he got shoved out the door? <laughs> yeah, I, I I absolutely think that LeBron told him, "Thank you for your service, uh, you, uh, but it, uh, your your uh, your uh, participation with the Lakers is no longer required." I, I truly believe that LeBron sent him on his way. Okay, and because I, you know, it just, it just, it's kind of like, what I, I, I don't understand what you're thinking. You know, it's like, well, but I, that my thing was that you know, he's not a, a, a really, really bright guy. You know, because the first, the first big mistake he made in his life is leaving the magic. You know, and you know he was. He was top dog, well loved, and everything down there. And I don't know what he saw, you know. And he's never been the same. Not never the brightest bulb. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. All right, Kelly. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll catch up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll 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 circle back, but you take it easy. Thanks again for listening to the show, everyone. Again, stay tuned because there's going to be more NFL talk coming up next episode, and uh, kind of breaking down the week ten slate because we got a lot to talk about, and it's going to be a lot of talk about Taysom Hill. So uh, stick around for the next episode, and uh, thanks again for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.